from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. This is the Press Box. We good? I think we're good. We're clear. Are we good? Clear. There might be a coming up on ESPN Las Vegas in the two two seconds, but we'll just talk over it. Yeah. We're getting used to it. Ted Tyler and Lindsay. There it is. There it is. There's too much space. (laughs) You gotta fix Uh, that. All right, we're here. (laughs) We got the show going. I have a question before we start the show. Do you brush your teeth right before you go to the dentist? Um, yes. Well, like, and, and I do that, and sometimes I brush them when I get to the dentist. What? Huh? How? Because <laughs> I brush them in the morning. <laughs> I brush them in the morning, right when I get up. Mm-hmm. But then when you get to the dentist, if you had something to eat or you've done something in between, they'll throw you a toothbrush and some toothpaste before you go get checked. What? They will? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't I feel like I've ever that. experienced that. Yes. What kind of absolutely. peasant dentists are we going <laughs> to? Not a good one. <laughs> but you're right, though. You kind of have to do a last ditch effort yes. on a courtesy because you yeah. don't want to, yeah. you know, that they're going to go in there with the scraper and oh, stuff. They're going to get you're all done. this plaque out yeah, that you didn't even done. realize existed. Yes. But I always love the day before you're like, I got to make up for lost time. I got to make yes. it up for lost time. <laughs> you're, you're brushing yeah. them four times, you're, you're flossing like six times. Yep. And you have no chance to make up yeah, for it. Yeah, because they always walk out. Have you been flossing? I have not. Yeah. <laughs> no, you got to be honest. Gingivitis on fleek. You yeah, can you, see it, the bleeders. You so, got to be honest. I need to go to your dentist, apparently, because I have a dentist appointment at 1030. And I was like, oh, I'll just go straight from the show to the dentist appointment. And then I Great realized priorities. I want to brush my teeth before I go there. So I'm going to leave. Home? I'm going to leave. It's My dentist is right next to my house. I could almost walk there. But I'm going to leave like 10 minutes early from the show so I can go home and brush my teeth first. But if I had your dentist, well, you'd walk right I'd in. just they'd walk in. They'd hand you the brush. Run you through the car wash beforehand. <laughs> Check the undercarriage the whole bit. <laughs> they'd hand you the brush. They'd you could go you to CVS toothpaste. and get one of those like finger brushers where you put it on there and then it's like a to-go. It doesn't work as well, though. I mean, the whole point is to actually brush my teeth. You know those times when you went to a sleepover and you didn't pack your toothpaste or you didn't pack your toothbrush and so you had to just put it on your finger and then put some water in there, pretend it's mouthwash. You're like, it's good to go. It's mouthfeel. Yeah, Yeah. roughing it. But that's just to like go to work the next morning, not to, you know. Go to work? I'm not going to forget it on my way to work. I'm a mature adult. Yeah. Well, when I'm 16. Yeah, fair. Did you brush your teeth this morning? Yeah, I did. All but right. then I just ate. Right. How many right. times so a day you do you brush do your teeth? Twice a day. Just yeah. twice? Yeah. Interesting. You're just twice as well, Ed? Morning and night. Hmm. How many times do you brush I your teeth? I can tell when my anxiety is really high because I oral fixations are a big thing for me. I've been biting my nails since I was a toddler, the gum thing, all of that. I always have to have something in my mouth. And so if things aren't feeling good, my mouth won't feel good. So I'll, some days I'll brush them five or six times. I don't think that's good for you. Well, thank God it's not a consistent thing because if it was a (laughs) consistent thing, that's where it's like, we need to address some of your behaviors because this is becoming a floss each time. I don't floss very often. I I think I stole some of those little uh, stick flossers, you know, that you can buy in bags when I was back home in Minnesota and I borrowed my aunt's car. I was like, I'm going to take some of these back home to Vegas. So I'm not going to spend my money on this. (sighs) Wow. But yeah, I've I've only had. One cavity in my entire lifetime. Zero. Impressive. Yeah. Zero. 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 Really? Yeah. You, you didn't even grow up with sealants either. 
There's like stuff that they'll put on your teeth when you're a kid to help protect it as they grow. You've been eating these sea suckers for yeah. your whole yeah. life yeah. and never had strong a strong teeth. Strong teeth. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> you guys don't even know what Tyler does. Choppers. You don't even know what seas is. I don't. I've never heard of it. Seas candy. I just the like suckers. the du- the dum dums that are the root beer kind. Or I hate Tootsie Pops because Tootsies are just not good. The you blow the pops are great. Middle. Yeah, the blow pops are great. Once you get to the gum part, it's like not just the sugary gum, but there's extra sugar that's been fermenting from the actual, actual sucker. Oh, God. I love those things. No wonder you're brushing your teeth five times a day. I don't do it often, but when <laughs> I do, it's a hell of a time. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's do almost, it! Almost. The first bite. Is Derek Carr a Hall of Famer? Boy, talk about lathering it up with the New York Jets. <laughs> oh okay. Diana Rossini was on ESPN yesterday, and she was reporting on Derek Carr's meeting with the New York Jets because he went and visited them over the weekend. There have been a couple of people that have reported it went very well. And Diana Rossini was saying, oh, it was a great visit. And, you know, the Jets talked to him about how good they can be with him at quarterback. They could win a Super Bowl with him at quarterback. And then she threw in the detail that the Jets told Derek Carr, that if he came and played in New York, he could be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Preposterous. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> lunacy. I'm not. I I think they said it. I I believe they said. It. I don't think she's reporting it. And it's wrong. But talk about again. Talk about lunacy. That this is what you would tell them. I. I mean, is this how badly they think they need a quarterback that they're throwing this stuff out there? The heaviest of pick-me energy coming from the Jets front <sighs> office. God. I have so many questions about it. First off. Why? Does Derek Carr even believe it? Right. Oh, I think he does. Like the Jets tell Derek Carr, right. who has zero playoff wins, has two winning seasons, has doesn't have an MVP, doesn't like he's grasping onto like two or three Pro Bowls in his career. Four. Is it four? Okay. Because other people backed out. It's fine. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. mention that part. Yeah. Does he? Does Derek Carr even believe that he can be a Hall of Famer? I think you someone, think so? In I public, think he, yes. But in, in think, the dark room alone with your own thoughts, I don't know. Well, there is a Hall of Famer in a dark room. Is he out yet? <laughs> He's got to be. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> highest of fives. Has Give he, me that. Has he come oh, out yet? Has I he come out you. yet, this guy? I assume so. I, I I, maybe in a dark room he doesn't, but uh, outwardly, I think Lindsay, uh, outwardly, given how much he's been pumped up by the brothers Man. his whole life, oh, I God. think he probably believes it. You got to be your own biggest fan and, and advocate. He'd have to. How many Super Bowls would he have to win in New York to, he, for that to be a plausible? And, and like, at least. And like an MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Because we talk about Eli May. Speaking of New York quarterbacks, well, yeah. we talk about him like he's not in Hall of Famer. And I don't know if he technically is, but if you look at the resume, he kind of is. Isn't there, and Tyler, you talked about this with uh, limit or 3,000 hits and however many points in the NBA. Isn't there a situation where if you win two, you're in? Right. What's the bare minimum threshold for that consideration where it's like, yep. Yeah, maybe not two, first no ballot. You want. Right, right, right. But, but you're going to get a knock on your lot. hotel door as you sit alone yes, in the dark room. If you yeah. want to. Yep. <laughs> so, my other question Who leaked this to Diana Rossini? Right. Because you know, Sala would be absolutely beside himself that this got out. Because if you're the Jets, 
doesn't this make you look kind of stupid? Yes. Or, yes. or needy? Yes. yes. It pick me energy. Yes. Pick, this is how you yes. get into toxic relationships because yeah. I need a relationship. I need to be wanted. I need to be loved. You got to give love to yourself first because if you look for it in other places, eventually it's going to go away and you're going to hate yourself. So, no, I, I don't. I mean, someone on the Jets must have leaked this. But like... It, it doesn't. It makes the Jets look bad. Right. So did somebody some did like Derek Carr's did Derek Carr's agent leak this? Is this Rex Ryan's attempt to slander as he's trying to get a job in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> I just it was such a bizarre statement to be like, yeah, how do you, how do you convince Derek Carr to come be your quarterback? Well, we told him he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's a zero percent chance that happens, but we told him that. Like, I, it just I seems like you're so point about, it's a great point about the agent. It's like going on a recruiting trip as a, as a college athlete to some of the potential schools you can go play at. And if a coach guarantees you playing time, I would second guess going there. Honestly, because if you have somebody that's promising you playing time where you're not, it's not earned, I, I really don't trust how your program is run at, that, at, at its essence. That has to happen a ton of times. I bet you it happens a ton. Well, because we got to get photo shoots in with these recruits and stuff. But that's where it's... You see these, yeah, the photo shoots now. Right. But that's where not every team or college program or professional franchise is in the business of winning. Sometimes they're just in the business of business. Right. And I think the Jets are still in the business of business because they haven't shown the capacity to get to that winning formula yet. Well... And Derek Carr, it's pick me energy for the wrong person. Like, I can understand this for Aaron Rodgers to an extent, but for Derek Carr, you're just like, really? And I love Derek. Like, I wish nothing but the best for him. As we mentioned, the the, the most notable thing about this guy is the biceps for the most part. What would they have to tell Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. Right? Because he understands he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. How how far could you go with him? You'll pass Brady if you come here? Yeah. Yeah. So... The other part of this, if if you're the Jets and you truly believed Derek Carr will be a first ballot Hall of Famer <laughs> after signing with you, if you truly believe if you that, thought that, you have already offered him a five-year, yes. two hundred fifty yes. million dollar fully guaranteed yes. contract. Yeah. If you truly say it with your believed chest. it, because if you th- if you thought Derek Carr was going to go from what his career is now to first ballot Hall of Famer, you're winning multiple Super Bowls and he's winning multiple MVPs. Yeah. Well, it's and, happening soon too. Right, and it's yeah. it's happening in now. the AFC. Right. Yeah. So if they really yeah. believed that Carr would have already agreed to a contract yeah. with the Jets, I don't. Think he, he wouldn't can, have gotten out of town. Right. I don't think he can technically sign it yet, but he would have already agreed to a. Yeah, contract he wouldn't have gotten out of town. Right. But so, <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing. And now somehow. In back-to-back off-seasons, we have talked about Derek Carr as a Hall of Famer because Devontae Adams <laughs> yes. last year had the quote about going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. That's and right. And now the Jets are out Flip here the being like, there. Derek yeah. Carr is going to believe this pretty soon. Yes. Like, he's going to be mean, like, everybody keeps saying this. Manifesting. You're speaking <laughs> it into existence. His brothers probably bumped oh. him up. His brothers probably, well, his brothers believed it for a long time with the MVPs and every year predicting this guy's going to do great things. Oh my God, he's going to predict it next year too. How does this affect the well, rest of the recruiting, if you think about Because his brother said that he's going to take a long, lengthy process in free agency to really make sure he well, gets the full I mean, what does Carolina say to him now? They I mean. feel pressure. Like, exactly. <laughs> you think Frank Reich is like, going to go in there and guy? say, Garrett, you think Eric Bianmi is be like, Super Bowl guaranteed, yeah. though. No freaking way, because no. he's way smarter than that. I think if you're the Panthers or the Commanders or any team that talks to Carr, you're being like, ah, uh, yeah, they're insane. 
Uh, come yeah. here where it's more realistic. Right. We, we know you're not winning the MVP next year. Just come be a good quarterback for us. Derek's calling the Jets at that point. He's calling him back. Do you really believe this? Because if you really believe this, I'm coming. He's calling him back. Can you believe that Frank Reich doesn't believe I'm, I'm a, a Hall of Famer? <laughs> this guy's insane. Where do what I does sign? Does it say Frank Reich isn't all in on you because he was all in on Wensie Poo a couple years ago? Yeah. Who wasn't yeah. all in on Carson Wentz? Come on. Seriously, though. So Annoyed. The problem for Derek Carr is that he has to wait on Aaron Rodgers, who may or may not still be in a dark room. He's filming it. Rodgers is apparently allegedly. I think he said I may or be not be filming it, and that just for me ruins the entire. If you're gonna go in there to a dark place to try to find yourself, you're not doing it for views. But if it's dark, how do you how see? Do you, I don't know. They just want to hear the gurgles. Night, I'm not sure. How, how do you see? <laughs> AMS, um, ASMR Aaron Rodgers. A S A R. All right. Coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, the Golden Knights. Eh, they lost to the Blackhawks last night. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Intended for Jonathan Marcheseau. We'll try again. It's a two-on-one. Eichel with Marcheseau. Eichel shoots, and he scores! Jack Eichel for the Knights. Vegas takes a 2-1 to one lead. 8.28 to go, second period. This is the Press Box. The Golden Knights lost the Blackhawks in a shootout. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks entered yesterday tied with the fewest points in the NHL. So after yeah, beating bad. Tampa Bay, having a dominant third period against Tampa Bay, they turn around and lose to one of the worst teams in the league. The Blackhawks have won three in a row, though. So they're turning around in Chicago. Patrick Kane's not going anywhere because they're going to make a playoff push. Uh, but they also lost in... It's probably one of the worst ways to lose when you have a lead, you give up a power play goal, and the only reason they got the power play is because of a delay of game because Alex Latrangelo flips the Alex puck over Trangelo the board. Yeah, over. Like, unfortunate rule. Yeah, like it's one. It's got to be one of the worst ways to, to end game. up losing. Yeah. Where it's, didn't it's, Zach Whitecloud do the same thing in the elimination game in the bubble? I'm pretty sure he went. He went into the he box. Flips it over. Yeah, I think he had a delay did. of game. Was it was Zach Whitecloud, White and, okay. and I think it was a delay of game penalty, and they ended up scoring on the power play, yeah. and then it was over. Yeah, they've had that happen right. before. I mean, they did it against. Tampa too. Yeah. The Translo as well. Yeah. 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 Well, and it just happens. You're just trying to clear the puck and, and sometimes the, it just rises a little bit more than you thought it would, but they've had a big challenge in terms of finishing or starting periods. And so there's less than a minute left and granted that you get the power place, so you get an extra man and then you add an extra man on top of it. So it says six on four and the shot that Johnson sent unbelievable placement could not be more perfect. The one timer going back to the side that Brassois was just sliding from like as a goalie, once you make that commitment momentum wise to move, it's so hard to get back going without setting your feet. And if impossible. you do, you do what Logan Thompson did. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the, the freakishness sometimes uh, saves your ass, but it, it's unfortunate. And it was even alarming in that overtime period where you have Patrick Kane come down and take a clap bomb from the hash marks. Just oh. the absolute <laughs> worst type of teammate. You know how many guys or, or gals do that in warmups just to practice? That I was his only people. chance. I know. Yeah. And, and thank God it, it the time worked. expired. Fired, Which, but... by the way, can, I, I got a massive complaint here. Okay. AT&T Sportsnet. Patrick Kane scores what would be a game-winning goal in overtime, either right before or right after time expired. And they didn't replay. They go to review, and they showed us replays. Yeah. But they never showed us a replay with the clock on the screen. Interesting. Twitter there, didn't like, like that, by the way. Twitter didn't like that. Right. Where oh, was sure. the replay? We, the refs could have been, they could have been wrong by a whole second right. and we would have never known. 
because right. we didn't get a replay with the clock on it. ESPN I'm, Plus would never. <laughs> I was just like, where's the replay with the clock, guys? There's one thing we care about. Did the puck go across the line yeah. before with, time expired? With, yeah, before zero. I don't think they deserve to win that game, though. They had so many turnovers in the high offensive zone, and that was, again, something that they've also struggled with when, when they haven't been playing super well. But they have been. That was They've won five in a row. You're going to have a lull game once in a while. You just... Ideally, wouldn't like it to happen versus such a crappy team such like Chicago. Team. Oh, no, you want it to happen against well, Chicago. Well, you get a front seat to Patrick Kane. I mean, well, we're, we're in the running. Well, they played horribly. Yep. They still got a point. And, Eichel scored. And if Keep they, that going. Keep the train going. And if they going. could actually do anything in a shootout, they would have gotten two points. Like, you, if you're going to have your crappy game, you want it to be against the crappy team because you could still beat them. If they played crappy against Tampa... They lose. Fair. Right. So if you're going to play, if you're going to have like. You a, just don't get up for those games. Like when you're playing a, a defending champion or one of those it teams, there, there's a different layer of intensity, just like any other rivalry game. I think they probably tried to mail it in a little bit last So night. they better get up it's now because their schedule over the next 10 games is yeah. not easy. Well, well thank you see goodness Bruce they got Cassidy's, Minnesota. you see Bruce Cassidy's uh, comment after the game? No, what did he say? Um, he said something to the effect of they didn't respect the game tonight yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. effectively 100%. we didn't take the it was all take decision seriously. making right i think it was carlson had a zone entry where he got about five or six feet inside the blue line and then tried to reverse behind the back pass to someone and I, why I, wouldn't you sounds fun you, you get that deep. <laughs> you, you don't make that decision. I just, I don't understand. We're like, you know what's a good idea? A little dipsy doodle right here. That That's not what I, in my mindset as, as a hockey player, but that's where sometimes you get a little lackadaisical or, or a little bit too creative where we can get a tic-tac-toe because we're feeling ourselves, especially against a team that is in such disarray like Chicago. And Chicago's forecheck was great last night. They just w- showed up and worked hard. And their goalie had a great game. Like Peter Mrazek, people like to knock him because he's a little bit of a psycho. He'll get way outside of his net and play his puck. You want to talk about some risky decisions. That's him in general. But he he's so great when he's on and he's able to stay a little bit contained because he's one of those athletic net miners that can pull saves out of his ass. And that's what he did last night. What did you think of Brossois? I think he looked fine. I think he looked fine. I think early on, a little bit of touch and go where he saw a couple of saves where he didn't quite know where they were, but that's a guy who hasn't played at this level in a year. He's been grinding it out on a a team that does not give him any goal support. Like, this is a full-blown organizational issue. And so I'm very enthused to see that the moment wasn't too big for him because it, it... when you get away from it, when when you're all of a sudden arriving back to a place that you used to be in, you're fully capable still, but things have changed. There's a there's a prove it mentality, and so I'm glad that he was able to to get some saves in last night to play a team that has nothing to lose in terms of they're just trying to get something good going. They're going to throw anything at the net, and so I, I'm glad about that because we need to make sure that the goaltending is set, especially with uh, uh, LT out for for quite a bit here. But uh, yeah, I'm enthused. Good enough to where you would start m- mixing them in more. I don't know about that. I, I think Aiden Hill's been playing really well, and I think both of them offer a more conservative goaltending style than Logan Thompson does, which is a little bit more in step with what Bruce Cassidy likes to run as a defensive system in terms of getting in shot, uh, shooting lanes, blocking pucks down, and just compartmentalizing the ice. They don't get outside of themselves. They don't chase pucks as much. It's all about, well, are you controlling your rebounds to the point where they're not bouncing into open areas of ice or in an area that you're unable to get over and cover? All right, I'm going to give you a one-game scouting report. All right. From last night? There's zero chance the Golden Knights should trade for Patrick Kane. He is not yeah, any good. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's not any good. Yeah, first of all, that's not true. He's he just had a hat trick oh. the other day, my dude. He is not yeah. any good. 
he did have an assist on the game tying goal and he almost scored right. effectively a walk off buzzer beater. He played six minutes last night against Keegan Colasar, had a 33% Corsi and a 44% expected goals. When he was on the ice against Keegan Colasar, right. it's hard to play against Keegan the Colasar. The Golden Knights were better. The Golden Knights' first goal last night, Keegan Colasar, was because Patrick Kane had a puck in the defensive zone on the boards and just passed it right to Nikwa. He's not teammates with Nikwa, at least not yeah. yet. So, yeah, he was not any good. He had another play where he just fell down in the defensive zone. And Riley Smith ended up with a wide open chance. Riley Smith missed it, but a wide open chance. He's been doing a lot of that lately. He had a breakaway against Laurent Brossois and just shot it into Laurent Brossois' pads. Like it wasn't even a, a impressive shot. Nothing good about it. Yeah. Patrick Kane's not any good. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if you, He's the greatest yeah. American board hockey player of all time. He was. Inarguable. No, he, was. he is. He actively is. He was. If you're if you're oh trading for Patrick Kane, you're getting mid-30s Patrick Kane, who's not any good. You're not getting everything he did he's in his not, career. He's not at a 10. He's playing with a crap team. He's biding his energy and his his vision. He's not any good. And if he's <laughs> and if he comes to the Knights, he'll be better. I think he will. Yeah. I don't know. Is this a better roster, Ed? It's a better roster. I, but, well, then, uh, we talked about the this, pride we of the pieces this, around you. We talked about this yesterday. We both wouldn't trade for him. You'd trade for him. Not Well, here's the deal. Would I trade for Patrick Kane as a talent? Yes, but what is it going to take to get him? That That's really of how many right. pieces, well, how, would you give how up much for? of the future are you willing to mortgage for this team and this particular player who's on an expiring deal? If the Golden Knights want to make a big splash, if they want to be one of those big players, because there's a well, lot of teams I mean, that are on the, the fence, Golden right? They want to be well, a big splash. But, but you already had Bo Horvat get traded. You already had Tarasenko get right. traded. You already had Ryan O'Reilly get traded. So a lot of those teams that are that are right on the cusp themselves are starting to look around and be like, oh, we got to get something done too because we've already had three or four of those top names taken down. So it's going to jack up the price on the Timo Myers and, and, and stuff like that. I would rather them go get Timo, but Timo, it's also you're going to want to sign him long-term because he's a younger guy. I don't mind Patrick Kane as a pure rental as long as you can make the numbers work. And there was actually a great article on The Athletic yesterday about some of the teams that are facilitating as the banks during this um, trade deadline. Like the Minnesota Wild are one of those teams where because of the Ryan O'Reilly trade, they basically paid $72,000 for a fifth-round pick for them to take on some of the salary so he could go up to Toronto from St. Louis. And so... If you can get teams to work it out, I- I'm all for it. But I'm just not sure because that might be a little rich for me for a team that's already mortgaged such a big part of their future over and over again. But then again, why wouldn't you continue to do that? Because you've already invested so much. They're going to put together a line of Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, and Patrick Kane in the playoffs. My God. And it's going to be the most disappointing line in the history of the NHL. Why are you so negative? Because Mark Stone's back doesn't work. Oh, well, he might not be back. Patrick Kane is not any good. And Jack Eichel needs great teammates around him. Oh, he's got he's got Paul Cotter. That's all he needs. That's right. And Paul Cotter is better than <laughs> Paul Cotter. You Mark can't Stone. you cannot argue that I'm he not. has been markedly better no. because Paul Cotter yeah. is out there taking care of a lot of the dirty work. Paul Cotter is better and than and he's a and he's a spirit that you want to grab onto. Paul Cotter is better than Patrick Kane. Tyler, please <laughs> go get under the gas at the dentist because that's the only way that any of these things are making sense. Oh my God, it's true. Check yourself. You know it's check, true, too. Check yourself. Oh, you know my God. True. That is an Get under the gas. Patrick Kane has three more goals than Paul Cotter this year. 
Yeah, but Patrick Kane is playing on a garbage hockey team, and at, they they sold everything off per for part. Paul Alex DeBrincat gone. Kirby Doc gone. Corey Crawford gone. That was three years ago. I think Cotter would have twenty five if he was with the Blackhawks. He might. Year. Paul Cotter might be the MVP of this league. Yeah, he's better than Patrick. Move Kane. over, Connor. They're gonna they're gonna <laughs> trade. They're gonna make a trade for Kane to bench Cotter, and Cotter's better. He's not any good. There's your one game scattering report. God, you're just Wouldn't trying to trade for me. Him. I hate it. He's useless the entire time. Keegan Colasar is better than Keegan Colasar. Another step to the 15 goal season, baby. You would go. You would. You would take him instead of maybe doing three players and getting some depth for the 10 million that you'd have to pay for him. Well, what are you trying to replace in the lineup? Depth or a big time player? Depth. depth. No. What? No. Depth. No. No. Who's missing? Who's <laughs> missing from this lineup? We know who's missing. Number sixty freaking one. We know who's one. missing. So you try to replace? I, is not I'm okay with the depth of where it is. That third line has looked really good as of late. You have Carey up there and, and actually making a just as big of a scoring impact. Brett Howden's inclusion has really stabilized a lot of it, and so have the defensemen. And so I, I don't think you need to make the move for a depth. I don't think you need to really make a move at all. I think you have the talent in the room, and you can bank on maybe Mark Stone getting healthy. I wouldn't necessarily plan on that. But now they have the cap space. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't, you didn't go out to trade for Jack Eichel or, or go sign Alex Petrangelo to shy away at the deadline for somebody that's a pure oh, rental. Not shy. I know that. And so why not? Why not? Coming up next. Ben Goats joins the show. Johnson, the righty, starts left. Top of the left circle. Towards the net. He scores! Chicago wins! This is the Press Box. Good morning, Ben. It's Ben Goats from the Review Journal. How are you, Ben? Hey, Benny. Not too bad. How are you guys? We're good. Uh, I know Lindsay gave you a little bit of a preview, so I'll just, I'll just ask you a question. Who's better at hockey this year, Paul Cotter or Patrick Kane? Ooh, I mean, this year, obviously, with the total contributions, uh, it's actually pretty, pretty close. Uh, now, lately, of course, I think Patrick Kane's starting to pull ahead in the race because you can tell the last three games, all of a sudden, it's starting to hit him that this might be his last kind of go-around in Chicago. He's really started to heat up seven points in the last three games. Uh, before then, uh, the point production wasn't there. The defense uh, was not there. You know, obviously, Paul Cotter's all-around game probably still not quite at a elite level, of course. is just a rookie that Coach Bruce Cassidy is working with. But he was doing some nice things for the night, so I think it was closer than probably a lot of people would have expected in terms of all-around game. But Kane, obviously, certainly has the potential uh, to be so much more. He's been one of the best players in the National Hockey League before. And there were certainly moments last night he showed it showed that and certainly against the Toronto Maple Leafs the game before he definitely showed that he still has that in his bag when he wants to bring it out all right would you trade for him depends what the ask is going to be from the Chicago Blackhawks right like if we're talking a first round pick to bring Patrick Kane over here for about you know 20 odd games or something that's pretty expensive for me for a guy that you know, like I just kind of talked about has had a lot of questions this year. Now, maybe it is just as simple as he's been on a really, really bad Chicago team and he hasn't had kind of the same motivation that he has previously and he's all of a sudden turning it on now. But, you know, do you want a guy that's just starting to turn it on now this late in the season? Can he get all the way back up to speed with what you want in terms of systems and obviously the defensive work that Bruce Cassidy 
is asking from these guys. And then there's the questions about, is it not just a simple matter of motivation? Does he have some sort of injury that will need to be addressed at some point? Uh, there are, you know, been plenty of talk about whether he has some sort of hip issue. Um, I think he's been pretty upset about that kind of talk. He has tried to brush past that, but that's out there. Uh, so there are a lot of questions that would go with this kind of acquisition, not to mention, of course, he's got a huge cap hit that the Knights would probably need to work down a little bit, and that might require an extra draft pick um, or two. So if Chicago comes to them and says, hey, look, you're the only team he wants to go to, what can we work out here where we get at least something back? Uh, I think that's worth at least looking into. If you're the Knights, if it's Chicago coming and saying, look, this is one of the you know 100 greatest players that the National Hockey League has ever seen. He's going to have a statue outside of our building. We need your first-round pick, maybe even more, to justify to our fans giving up on him. Then I think it starts to get real dicey for a guy that still might only be a rental. So they are giving up a first-round pick for him at the end of the day. <laughs> we'll have to see. Like I said, I think a lot of it is going to be determined uh, actually by Patrick Kane himself. If he says, I'm only going to the Golden Knights, I don't think the Blackhawks have enough leverage to give up or to ask for a first-round pick. And Kane's really going to be in control of the process because he has a full no-move clause. So he decides when and where he wants to go. Now, if he says, yeah, Vegas will be cool, but Dallas, I can see, Edmonton might be nice. I'm open to kind of whatever you guys are willing to work out. That's where I think it gets a little bit more interesting in terms of the Blackhawks being able to uh, play teams against each other. Because we've seen this before. Uh, Taylor Hall, a couple of years ago, was with Buffalo Sabres, had a full no-move clause, and it was only a second-round pick for him to go to the Boston Bruins at the deadline because he had the full no-move. He said, I'm only going to Boston. So even though he also has a Hart Trophy on his resume, the price was only a second-round pick. So we'll see if we get a similar situation here where Kane kind of picks one destination and says, get me there, or whether he's willing to kind of be a little bit more flexible with where he ends up. What did you think of uh, Laurent Brossois last night? I thought he was really impressive and way more impressive uh, than the Knights wanted him to be uh, in terms of I don't think they wanted him facing 39 shots yesterday. I don't think they wanted him facing the number of odd man rushes that he faced yesterday, but I thought he looked really good. I think you saw you know, his fluidity is there. That was something that he's felt really come back since he had that off-season hip surgery. He stayed with Patrick Kane at one point on an early save in the third period, so I thought he looked really strong. Certainly not kind of the performance the Knights were hoping to get from him in terms of that game, just because I think they wanted to have a lockdown defensive game against a not good offensive team in Chicago and make Laurent Brossois kind of a secondary story as he works his way back up to NHL speed, but they needed him to be really good last night, and I thought he was. Obviously, I don't think you can have him anywhere near the top of the list of reasons why they lost that game last night. Bruce Cassidy said they didn't play a respectful game, just overlooked him, and you know, coming off Tampa, how... uh... How bad is that? I think it's really bad, especially when you look at their schedule ahead, right? I think for him, it's been about we've built our game, you know, 
piece by piece to where we now get it to the point where, you know, despite not having Mark Stone, despite not having Logan Thompson, we can beat a team like Tampa. And then to have it all kind of, you know, crumble away or fall apart against the Blackhawks, I think is really, really disappointing for him, especially when you look at the schedule ahead, because this was one of the last kind of games you circle on this schedule and say, this should be two points in the bank because moving forward, you've got Calgary who's struggling, but it's still a division rival who's beaten the Knights earlier this year. Then you've got Dallas, Colorado, Carolina, New Jersey, all coming up within the next handful of games. So this is a pretty tough path for the Knights for the next little bit. So this was an opportunity for them to get that extra point, get that little extra separation in the Pacific division and Western conference, a little bit of extra breathing room, and I think the fact that uh, they didn't come out, you know, hungry enough to try to get that, I think, clearly was not sitting well with them after the game. Are they going to score a power play goal before the end of the month, end of the season, ever again? It's a great question. I mean, they're trying <laughs> everything. Uh, Bruce Cassidy basically uh, at practice on Monday brought out bumpers like it was bowling, where he had them <laughs> set up just outside the faceoff dots to try to get these guys to move the puck faster, not have as much room to operate. So you've got to you know, whip this thing around. It obviously still didn't work yesterday, just one shot on the one power play. Uh, Chicago also had a shot uh, on that power play, and it was better than the one the Knights got. Uh, Sam Lafferty had a really, really good shorthanded chance. So just it is not working right now. 0 for 24. Uh, one for 31 since Mark Stone got hurt. It's been brutal, and it's, I believe, the worst stretch in franchise history. Uh, and as uh, fans know, this is a team that had some bad stretches on the power play, so that's saying a lot. Well, and what Cassidy's talked about with the struggles on the power play and the absence of Mark Stone is that he doesn't have anybody down low to kind of act as that bumper person, and it allows you know the defenders uh, on that PK to have to make a decision. Who do you think is best suited to maybe uh, not take over that, but but maybe reimagine that? Yeah, that's a good question. They've tried Nick Waugh there on the goal line, like Mark Stone uh, has been. Uh, just no one quite brings the same levels of skill sets that. You know, he does in terms of one, the vision where he can make a lot of passes off that goal line, and then two, that power move that he has to take it to the net and kind of create chaos where either he could score there or he gets a rebound that someone can clean up the trash. Uh, Chandler Stevenson and the bumper is really good at doing that, or Riley Smith on the half wall. Um, so Nick Watt doesn't quite bring you the same skill set. He's more of a stand in front, screen, get deflections kind of guy. So I don't know if it's about replacing what Mark Stone is doing. It's, I think, more of what really seems to be bugging Cassidy right now, which is the tempo, the urgency. You know, if you're struggling to find ways to score on the power play, just move the puck around, find a shot, and then work from there. I think he's talked about every six to eight seconds, we want to be bringing it to the net. It's not about creating a perfect shot. Now, they don't want you know, a point shot necessarily, but they also don't need it to be a complete grade-A high danger to get the puck to the net and then work for a rebound, work for some chaos in front and see if you can clean it up and then make a really good play from there. What's bothering him right now is that they're looking for that perfect shot initially too much. They're trying to make all these seam plays. They're trying to have a pass that weaves through three defenders, and, of course, it's not working. It's getting turned over, and then they're going 
and chasing it 200 feet away behind their own goal line. He wants them to simplify to just move the puck really fast, not dust it off as much. There are certain guys that definitely do like to do that and get it to the net much faster. We didn't really see that last night. We'll see if we can see that moving forward here. Well, he is Ben Goats from the Review Journal. Ben, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. So there's Ben Goats from the RJ. Um, All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to throw out the rundown because Paul Cotter is absolutely better than Patrick Kane. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. Yeah, well, I don't know if I'm exactly the the sole uh, person that will take responsibility for it, but uh, yeah, Paul... uh, Paul showed up to Halloween party dressed as Buzz Lightyear, which uh, you know was, was what I was dressed up as. Um, so uh, he was nicknamed Little Buzz, and uh, I was Big Buzz. So that's where it was born. Wait, who was Big Buzz? Who, who was, was that? Jack Eichel? That was Eichel. Oh. Eichel Big got Buzz to be and Big Little Buzz. Buzz. Oh. <laughs> you love to hear it—the camaraderie. Right. Before I get into Paul Cotter being better than Patrick Kane, during the break, I described my younger sister as the bleephead of the family. Um, do either one of you have a bleep head of the family? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, that's, yes. that's what I thought. Yeah. I have three older sisters and yeah. one takes the role. Yeah. See, role. you know, you know, yeah. and here's the thing. My younger sister will admit she's the bleep head of the family. Mine won't. She won't. Oh, that's no, even worse. No, what know. makes them the bleep head though in your mind? Oh, uh, just is it decision making, the way we for communicate, fights and arguments okay. at every turn. We're combative. Oh, we're she say. and my mother would just yell at each other really? over anything. For the youngest dynamic. Oh yeah, like and they can't. They can't be wrong. Neither one of them. They can't be wrong. Neither one of sure. them. Sure. They can't. They they. Or at least be intensity. partially right. And. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part of it is she is the sibling mm-hmm. most like my mother. Right. Oh, absolutely. And to the point where the last time I FaceTimed her, she's like looking at herself in the FaceTime and is like, oh, my God, I have a vein on my forehead. And my mom has a pretty prominent vein on yeah. her forehead. And now she's like, oh, my God. I'm familiar with that I'm vein. It's not great. Into her. Yeah. 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 So mine wasn't oh, yeah. like my mom. Mine was just kind of original. <laughs> she was original. She's, She's an, original. Ori- an original, original product. Yes, original product. <laughs> what what spot in the birth order? Are they listening? I don't think she listens. <laughs> Whatever. She doesn't, she doesn't live here. Uh, second. 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 Interesting. Because yeah. I feel plays into the dynamic a lot. But then again, you say, "Oh, it's like youngest child syndrome." I know plenty of younger children where they're the golden child. I don't think I'm the problem. I can make I make problematic decisions that other people don't get, but I'm not a problem. <laughs> I don't think I'm the well, problematic child. Were you the, the golden child? child? I would say I'm. I was second. Okay. Yeah. Goal. I, was, I was the golden child. Yeah. And I wanted to be a golden child. But were you the youngest? No, I'm the oldest. Uh, oh. I have a half brother and a half sister who are both younger, and then I have three older stepsisters. But I I was in the house alone, and so oh. it, I get all you got of all it. the attention. I. Let me tell you about how inconvenient that is. About it's being the only the one in? absolute <laughs> worst. You're like, ah, just think of you. You get the full-blown focus. It's the worst. And it was great when I was younger because I'd go to about three or four different Christmas parties. I'm like, look at all these gifts I get. Now it sucks because guess who drives alone? Me. <laughs> 
Me. Yeah. My weird family dynamic. I had to be all of the things except for the bad kid. I couldn't be the bad kid. I had too much going on. I was the youngest, the golden child, because there were three older sisters. They did their own thing. Yeah. You know, they just, well, well and you're, and you're the guy was, that finally showed up. So how yeah, could you do exactly. anything wrong? How could you? Their own thing was going to the beach and not taking me. Oh, <laughs> they left you behind? I, I had to go by myself. Oh. Oh, exactly, yeah. I had to learn things at, on my at own. How old? At how old are they not taking you? How old was I? Yeah, yeah, like they're leaving you behind and you're like eight years old? Eight, nine years old, oh. yeah. Yeah, I had to go by myself. And that's when you want to go to the beach, too. Yes. You yeah. were like desperate. You're not going to yes. do anything. You just want to make sandcastles oh, and, and put your feet in the wrong. water. Oh, my yeah. God. They did me wrong. <laughs> Just hear Hillary Duff in the background, <laughs> Laguna Beach, Ed Grady said, it's perfect. Someone had to do it. It was a difficult, it was a difficult uh, childhood. Someone had to go through it. I would have wanted to leave you behind, too. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I'd be like, bring the eight-year-old brother? <laughs> no. It'd be no fun. Yeah, cramp the style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I would have. No oh, fun. That's amazing. Poor, by myself. Poor Ed Grady. Going to the oh, beach yeah. by I himself. I spent a lot of time by myself. What'd you do to keep yourself entertained when you're left he by yourself? He was at the beach. Zone? At the beach. I know, but you gotta be thinking about something because they're not talking around. to you. No, right? just skateboarding around Laguna Beach. You've been to Laguna Beach? No, I haven't just had the pleasure or the privilege. Hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you there one day, Lindsay. One day. One day you're going to get one there day. and you're going to understand that it was a tough upbringing. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Kristen Cavallari talks about it all the time. <laughs> You watched the show. Oh, I, oh my God. I, I, You had to watch the Laguna Beach when you were growing That was right in my wheelhouse, the hills. My sister the was hills. on the hills. I told you that, remember? That's right. That's yeah. right. And so, oh, yeah, that was in the wheelhouse. It's perfect. It's difficult. Perfect every color. Did I miss the conversation about your sister being on the hills? Yeah, maybe. I, I, I've, I've said it before. Maybe you weren't here. Okay. Yeah, she was on, um, she was working for the pa- the fashion PR company that hired Lauren and Whitney and all them. So she I was mean, I don't boss. know who any of these people are, yeah. but... It was pretty cool. She's in the fashion industry, and clearly, uh, I am also a big participant. Yes. We 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 talk about a lot of things. Are you wearing a Top Golf hat? No, I'm wearing a Nike Golf hat. Nike golf. Nike Golf okay. hat. Top Golf. You got to pay me for that endorsement money. Oh, that's important. Uh, yeah, that's important. One of these days, you never know. You get that swing going. You haven't seen me play golf yet. It's a it's a sight to be seen. You played are, lately? Are you? I haven't played it uh, since this summer, but once I get going. I'll shoot low 80s back okay. in the day. Very good. But yeah, I got to get that, uh, get the drive all straightened out. But what really lets me down, the putting. I always drive for show, putt for no. Never works out for me. <laughs> Do I need to start golfing? You should. Yes. It's a yes. great networking opportunity. Yes. Okay. You should. I've been golfing I'll take you. once in my life. We'll I go to the like range. 19. Yeah, we got to get you some gloves. Or you can do it like Ed Helms did in that office episode where he golfs. I don't know, 80-something holes in one day and because he's trying to get and prepared. Yes. Yeah, he's putting the lotion <laughs> in mittens. They're not even golf gloves. He's putting <laughs> lotion in there like mittens. Absolutely brilliant. Top oh. golf is fun. It is fun. I feel like I'd get too frustrated easily playing golf. That's oh, why top well. golf is and I like And I like to throw things that are in my hands, so I'd be breaking a golf club. I've done yes. that before. I did that in sectionals. Was not pleased. It was my pitching you wedge, threw too. It? Oh, no, I snapped it. I've thro- thrown clubs and nothing. Snapping them. Now, that's a different thing. Yeah, how they don't... Br- I'd be like the tennis players that smash the rackets. I also did that. Yeah. I'd be much more likely to do that Get than your just anger throw the under club. Control. Did you guys see the one tennis player who smashed, like, three clubs or yeah. three rackets in the span of, like, 30 seconds? Yeah. That guy was angry.